Hello. Hello, sir. Happy New Year, Chris. Yeah, same to you. Happy 2023. Yeah. We're all a year older and a year wiser. Hello? Hey. Hi. Hello, sir. I don't know what's going on. Every time Skype updates now, it doesn't rec it doesn't <laughs> default to my, my headset. I have to manually go to settings. It's called old age. <laughs> yes, yeah, Skype I'm, is old. I'm getting old older. Age. Skype's getting older. Bob. No, no, it's really working. Both. You just don't know. See, you just don't realize <laughs> it's working. Oh, only, I've learned that only boomers use Skype. Yeah, I've heard that too. Skype's Skype's for the old, for old people like Facebook. Yep. Yeah. I'm old. What are you gonna do? I yep. don't even know what the what the kids use these days. Probably something I never heard of. But I think they use Discord a lot. Do they? That's a gaming thing, so probably. They need to get up with the times because Discord is pretty old itself. Yeah, that's that's ancient. I could be wrong though, because I'm I'm not as old as you guys, but I'm getting up you, there. You're a young man still. Yeah, compared to you guys. <laughs> How does that feel? That's why I hang out with you. You like it makes you feel young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rather than like <clears throat> watching a TV show and realizing like. I'm old enough to be the father of the people who wrote it <laughs> or yeah. something like that. Just, uh, or like watching sports anymore. It's like these, uh, the players are all, well, there's a range. I'm kind of like at the top of the range, at least for like baseball. I'm kind of at the top of the range of players that are still playing. I guess most sports. Most yeah, of them are my children. When, when Brett Favre playing. retired, I, I was I, he was my last he was my last peer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they, you still early have Tom Brady. To he's pretty as old. As they he's get. pretty old. Yeah, but that's why that's why I yeah, second like at first I said baseball, but then I was thinking yeah. yeah, football. There's some that are like in their early 40s. Terrell Owens is yeah. looking to come back too. So there you go. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, sure. So, do you still can you actually see your lawn yet, or is it still covered in snow? I can send you. Um, oh no, it was a, a week uh, a week to week difference where like it was a five feet mound in front of one side of my garage, and a week later there was uh, like pretty much no snow on the ground. Wow! It was it was like fifty degrees the following weekend. Yep. So it was like it just for several days, not two, not just one yeah. day. So well, uh, well we we yeah. we still have temperatures in the 40s and 50s, and we still have snow on the ground. So I don't know what I world mean, you guys live like, in. There's We're closer to the sun too, man. From... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's spots where there's like an, a little inch pile here and there where. It it was probably one of the highest spots. Um, yeah, but, it still uh, has so about an inch gone, in the backyard. But... So mm -hmm. we still have. I sent you guys two two pictures and text. They're well, exactly I, I saw... a week apart. 
I saw the oh on the phone. Yeah. Let's see. An actual text message. It's a week apart. There's the weirdo staring at me from from in front of the garage during the snowstorm, and then. Oh, I've later. seen the I, I've seen the weirdo. Yeah, Did you guys get flooding one. then from all of that melting? No. I oh didn't. wait, I'm zooming in here. Somebody with that those license plates cut cut me off the other day on the highway. I was <laughs> flipping them the bird. No. <laughs> you should you should uh you should report it to the cops. Now you know the location. I know I'm running those I'm running those plates right now. Uh. I don't know. The guy standing in the snow looks like something scary. I would have called the cops if I saw that guy in my yard. (laughs) We shut off. Yeah. I don't like when people are in my front yard staring in. That's not cool. That's like the Watcher on Netflix. Most people would not like that. That's like right. The Watcher. It, how how uh how are those kids next door? I don't are know. They behaving? Oh, ours? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's That's mellowed out quite quite a bit. <laughs> now it's only like bad once a month. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the snow's gone. Wonderful weather is back. Yeah. That's crazy (laughs) what happened to Hamlin and the Buffalo Bills there. That was scary shit, man. Makes you think about retirement for sure. Yeah, that's never a good situation. And I mean... Well, I've seen the, somebody. You know, I, and... I got to give Cincinnati a lot of credit. They were just, uh, I mean, they're, they're a class organization, to be honest oh, with you. Oh, a class act, because they yeah. essentially hurt themselves more than the Bills did. Which, uh, I'm, I'm a, because, yeah, because I'm, they could, they could, they, they, they could have yeah. won and they were winning. I was watching the game. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> But uh, it was it was crazy just seeing the expressions on the f- players' faces because you know they were trying to revive their teammate. That's, That's insane. Scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he seems to be uh, the amount of improvement that that he's he's had is just uh, absolutely amazing. Yeah, Barb Barb and I went to the movies once and saw that happening, and it just freaks you out. Like it's. It's in your oh, mind you a lot person? when you oh, see it in person, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Did you help them? No, the ambulance was already there. There's nothing yeah. I could do. <laughs> but they were... I don't think they revived him. At least I didn't see. Which was scary enough, but... Wow. Yeah. That's some crazy That's very shit. Scary. Yeah. Yep. How was everyone's holidays? Mine went too fast. I felt like it was a four-day weekend. <laughs> and you were off for two weeks. 
Yeah, two whole I weeks. I was off one week. Uh, half of it was spent outside shoveling. So it felt like <laughs> I literally had, you know, like you said, a long weekend, and it was like, bam, back to work. I hope you have a snowblower. Uh, I have a snowblower. We used it as much as we could. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about your back. <laughs> yeah. No, it, uh, you know, I mean, we had a, obviously you had to shovel it down to a certain amount. And yeah. That's then the I got hard the, part. Yeah. And then I got this, the snowblower um, around it and stuff. And we ended up just leaving like a little corner that was, it just wasn't worth the effort. And there was no reason. I mean, Stacy could, that Stacy's, um, I've got the Volkswagen. So, um, you know, Stacy could get around the little mound that was still there on the side. So we left it and then. You know, sure enough, a couple of days later, it was gone anyhow, so it was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? Did you have a good break? I, I know your plans were messed up because of family. Yeah, yeah, all in all, um, had a had a nice break. I mean, I didn't I didn't mind too. I don't get you know too set on holidays or anything like that so uh, you know for the most part i was okay with um plants changing and we were had to get off, together with my you, wife's headed, uh, wife's family during the week were you off for a week or yeah yeah um but yeah i had, I had a pretty good break did you um, get a lot of reading done or did you do a lot of gaming um, more gaming. Um, I also like spent four days painting. Painting. Like, wall painting. Oh, <laughs> like, I thought you. I thought you were getting into painting, like becoming a. Uh, yeah, artist, I thought that like too. A, like that'd be cool. Maybe he did <laughs> yeah. paint his walls. Uh, I, that, something on there. Yeah, did you do murals? <laughs> yeah, with um. No, I did. Did some wall painting, um, house painting. Um, I've done both things in my background, though. You know, I originally went to school for art, and uh, I worked for a few years um, after college um, painting houses that, for a living. <laughs> wow! So I have really both good. kinds a of little of everything. My background, yeah. Yeah. Well, you can um, come paint our house. You know, what game? <laughs> <laughs> I can give you some tips, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, I, I, it, it feels good to get a few, get some stuff done, you know. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's okay. I made it sound like I was done and then surprised you. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Surprise, I'm still talking. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I, I got that big game Stray for uh, Christmas. I, I just finished it yesterday. That is a great story. Do you, you know, are what? you familiar? Stray? Oh, Stray, yeah, with the cat. Yeah, did you play it? Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was really good. As someone who's owned cats, that was entertaining. Yes, it was. It had a good uh, heartfelt story uh, by the end as well. So I, I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah don't like you that. don't you have something going on today, um, Rob? You have to leave mm-hmm. in one hour. I, I have to leave at twelve thirty. So log out by twelve thirty. Yeah. So I got a What do you got of, going got on? Couple. Another party? 
No, just uh, my my dad got uh, a gift card for a hundred bucks to the original pancake house. Oh, so you're and, going to uh, eat? It's burning a hole in his his pocket. He wants to treat <laughs> treat his 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 two kids and, and their families out for a nice uh, nice. I guess it's you know be lunch at that point one o'clock. But um, you know we're gonna all gonna have pancakes. Yeah, that sounds good. It's so I'm looking forward to it. A late uh, brunch. I've been to the original Pancake House, but I don't think I've ever had pancakes there. <laughs> Why? Uh, I'm not really a pancakes fan. But they're the not original. Like I'm not like a sweets for breakfast person. So I'll get like one of their omelets or something. I think we ate at the original Pancake House before, have we? Isn't that where Micah took us? Yeah, it wasn't as pancakey as I like because they don't use a lot of vanilla. Says speakers are muted. What's going on? Is anybody there? Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me at all? Yeah, I can. I can hear you. Yeah. Must be just a rub. Am I still recording? Yeah, I'm still recording. Hi, I'm back. Yeah, What's going on with rub. you? I don't know. Something happened. All of a sudden, they said the speakers were muted, but I don't. I didn't press anything, so I thought it was something you, as the originator of the call, did. No, why would I mute nope. you? Uh, maybe you got I tired I, of listening I, to my I, I, I didn't I know, know I can mute you. you. If if I could mute you, I would. <laughs> can I? a long time ago. Oh yeah, when know. you're when you're speaking bad about stuff I don't I don't want to hear bad about like some of the movies I like then I like yeah, Vacation could I could just that. mute you and then edit myself in talking like you. <laughs> what did you hear where we were going for dinner or for lunch or anything? Or yes, no? you're going to the pan inner the original pancake yeah. house. Yeah, pancake house. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah, my dad was... got a gift card and stuff. Yeah. And then right, we were yeah, talking. Yeah. Me and Chris were talking. And he didn't eat any pancakes, and I had gone to the original pancake house with Micah, so I oh, know okay. what it's like. Must be a must yeah. be a different original pancakes. Uh, which one actually is the original then? <laughs> we're gonna have to I get think to the it's bottom a, of this. I think it's a chain. We have the Original best pancake. pancake we have the best pancakes here in Colorado, though, because they use a lot of vanilla. That's, it's that's the name. That's the name of the place. The best. I pancake. wonder where. No, the it's the Black Bear Diner. Original pancake houses. Hmm. No. Where's the original original pancake house? We're gonna find out right now. Googling it. Original, there's, original there's no original house. original pancake house. Portland. Portland, Oregon, 1953. Is that right? Well, you're faster than I. You're quicker. You're quick on the draw there. I type. I, I type super fast. Yeah, you do. My gosh. I'm like the, I'm like the quicksilver of typing. No. <laughs> quicksilver of typing. He doesn't yeah, use his that. two index <laughs> fingers like you, Rob. That's I only use one index finger. Oh, just on, one on index phone. finger. I was, on, I was on my phone. I was on my phone. Yeah, yeah I just used the one finger. Yeah. 
you use it on the you, typewriter. You type it's, it's the keyboard. Or, or on the phone. That's different. I think usually I'm on my phone if I'm really typing like text, uh, text or something like that. I use two thumbs, I think. Use two thumbs. Well, you yeah. are, a mil are you a millennial? Is that what you are? Gen Z. I, I think I'm right on the border of millennial and um, Generation X. Hmm. I was born in 79. Yeah, I think you're still Gen X. A decade younger there. than me. A whole decade. Yeah. So I, hey Rob, I uh, saw the Sandman. I was I was amazed how good that was. That was amazing. Wasn't it great? I like it better it than fantastic. the comic book. I was so happy. I like it. I like it better. No, I liked yeah, it better. I I got emotional first. in some of the scenes in the uh, the TV version. The, well, you watched the most of the, the comic TV first, the com and then and no, now you've no, been no, the no. I read the comic first. I, I I had read the you Dollhouse read before I saw the Dollhouse, and I I read oh, okay. all everything before, and I just thought the TV show was far superior. Oh, I don't. Espe think especially all, especially but... in the Dollhouse, like the Dollhouse was way convoluted. I thought in the comic book. I I've got to reread. I haven't reread it in a while, though. I mean, I've read it several times. The, the changes they they made in the Dollhouse made it very clear to me, wherein is mm -hmm. it was pretty confusing. And they had changed the artist in Dollhouse, which I wasn't crazy about, because there there was a, there was a couple characters that looked similar. Uh, that, in my opinion. I'm glad Light, that you like this. Lita, Lita, so and uh, the main. Well, it's Lita Hall. Yeah. Yeah, she looked a lot like Great. the girl with the rainbow and her, the way it was drawn. I didn't, I didn't care for it. It oh, was really? hard. It was hard to tell the characters apart. The TV show, it's, oh, never, it's definitely not hard to any... tell the characters. <laughs> no, apart. not hard at all. There's some stark differences. Um, I'm glad you liked it though. The um. I'm so happy they finally decided to renew it. it took a long time for them to. Well, I, I think I would have been happy with, like I I still have only seen the cat portion of episode eleven. I haven't seen mm -hmm. the the second part, um, which which were like one shots or. Yeah. Yeah. So so I, I like, I'm going through. I still have to watch the second half of eleven, but I'm pretty much done. But I cool. I think even if it wasn't renewed. I, I think Dollhouse had a pretty solid ending to it. I mean, yes, there was some threads there with uh, Desire and uh, Lucifer, Lucifer, but no, for sure, it, the way that it was it, was fine. It was it, 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 in I, terms you know, of the a bookend. Yeah, I, in terms of a bookend, I thought it would like like Barb. Yeah. Barb won't watch a show if she knows it's canceled. I'll watch it. I don't care. And uh, most, or how most, much I'm enjoying this most show, of it, yeah, most of it, or most of them, with the exception of a couple I've watched, have sort of a, some kind of conclusion. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. it. Was um, I thought it was really, really well done. They did a great job. Oh yeah, they got really good actors, and it was just when they killed Gregory, man, I was in tears. I was <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I I think the guy who plays Sandman is fantastic. Like yeah, he's good. I I love his monotone. You know the way he speaks and stuff. I, I think it's like phenomenal. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's very similar to kind of how I read it in my head when I read the. He's one of the. I mean, honestly, I almost hate to say it, but like, he's not he's not super likable in in the com. Like, he's never was in the comic book. He, it's not. But but he is in the TV show. Like, I have uh, empathy for yes him. No. I think. I think yeah. so. He's there. He's there to do a job, and he's come a long way in ten episodes for sure. Yeah, so I think they have made him more likable on the show than I think in the. Have you have you watched it at all, Chris? Sandman. No, I kind of forgot about it. Yeah, it's very good. So if you enjoyed the um, uh, the series, give it a try. Yeah, I actually liked it more. There's only a few comic properties that I actually like more and. TV than than uh, and well all of them have come to Netflix. <laughs> Cowboy Bebop. I love Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, <laughs> I. It was the, a lot well, of fun. Well, that. But I've never that, read the comic at all. That so. I I have read the comic, but it came from the anime, and I st- for some reason I just can't watch anime. <laughs> I just I tried with Chainsaw Man because I'm actually on I'm on volume seven now of chainsaw man so i i i've actually made like big strides in trying to complete my first manga and i so i started watching chainsaw man on hulu and i got through one episode and a half and i couldn't do it i just (laughs) i just don't like it yeah i just every time i try anime i just don't like it And I, I I struggle with manga too, to tell you the truth, because mm-hmm. <clears throat> it, it it is strange to me. It really is. I just I I have no experience with with either. So yeah, never. It's, ve- uh, it's very really different it. culturally. It. Like it's very <clears throat> what I've what what I've been exposed to. It's very sexual. Mm. Um, and I I would even say like juvenile sexual. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. <clears throat> At least what I've read. And I haven't read a lot, but I'd say it's definitely true of like a certain type of manga. Um, you know, but and obviously for for obvious reasons, stuff like that gets can uh translated but um there's a pretty broad there's i think there's a broader variety of manga than there is of american comics in terms of like subjects and stuff like that and appeal to like different genders and age groups and stuff like that but i guess everything that i've tried has been that way yeah well and And i've I've tried multiple genres the only one that I that didn't 
it, it well it had a little bit of it but not much was the drifting classroom mm -hmm. that was more of a horror thing mm -hmm. but it had some weird sexual things in there and there's there's that I think his name is Ito or something but um he does like shock horror like it's a uh, very violent like thing ideas that you couldn't like comprehend in our society I guess But not sexual, mm -hmm. unless you're, unless you get off on violence. But it's, I don't know. I'm, I've made progress. I've been, I've been read Drip Drip, which was very sexual, but that was really good. That one was a one, sh a one volume, and um, that was pretty, pretty interesting to me. But we're here to talk some comics. It might be. Wait, wait, wait. I want to. I want to just mention something too before we go any farther. I right. just was looking at what's um, just the diamond, like what's what's being released this Wednesday, and one of the items that's being released into the comic shop supposedly this Wednesday, Mike, is the Lonely War of Willie Schultz. Oh shit! I forgot to. Um... I couldn't think of the name of that. Lonely War. That's the the, of... the the Kickstarter that we did eight years ago or whatever. No, but you know what's interesting is I just got an email about Aztec Ace, and somebody has took over his Kickstarter and said yeah. one one of the questions was, is, is there any Kickstarters you haven't got? And that was the title I couldn't remember. I kept on thinking it was Captain Schultz, and I oh, okay. I, I don't Willie, know. I, yeah, yeah I, I didn't remember it, so I, I actually wrote it down now, so I can. Yeah. I and wanted I to I wanted to yeah. reply to I wanted to reply to the email in case it mattered. I don't expect it to, but. I know. I mean, you never know. We did get a, a an update, a Kickstarter update, of maybe a month or so after he passed away from whoever's taking over all those. They said they were going to try their best to try to get everything fulfilled and, and organized, but um, the mad they were at that point trying to you know get information that they needed from his wife, and obviously she wasn't involved in any of it, so she only knew so much. Um, but so I guess we'll see what that, happens. That that is that is like one of the weird things that was in the back of my mind to talk to you about that I forgot. And you mentioned like it was because cause yesterday I was I, I, I was going through my mail and it, I saw that I had to fill out some surveys and I said, oh, here's my PDF for Aztec Ace. And I saw the survey and uh, it had that in the questionnaire and I couldn't I couldn't find it. It's been so long that I, I couldn't. Huh. Like, I didn't even know what it was called anymore, but I knew it had Captain and. Was it was it just the war the lonely war of the Willie Schultz? War. Yep. Mm -hmm. Was it not Capti Captain? It, uh, I don't think the name I don't think the name of it had Captain in it. Okay. Uh, 
Hang on, I'm looking. Yeah. The, oh, no, you're right. In in Kickstarter, it says The Lonely War of Captain Willie Schultz. That's what it's actually called in Kickstarter. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool because I can uh, I can put it in my survey and see if I get it. Yep. There was another one that I air something or another I didn't get, but I had bought it from It's Alive when it came out in previews, so I wasn't going to put that one there. Yeah, um, so I guess we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens, but... Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's yeah. Uh, yeah, I just noticed. I'm like, oh, I gotta gotta. Because yesterday you know. I was looking through Kickstarter and I couldn't get the words. Their search engine is horrible. It's it's one oh, of the worst. If you worst. don't already know what it is, yeah, I mean, good luck finding it. <laughs> well, I I'd have to search by everything. For for somebody that doesn't support many of them, it's but I support it a lot. Yeah. It's like pages and pages. I think I've hit like 600. Maybe seven hundred Kickstarter. You're a super so. backer. Yeah, I'm a super backer. I'm not. I, I've reduced significantly. The new mic is being real, really picky. So. Yeah. So anyhow, I didn't mean to, um, you know, uh, get us on off derail us, but just wanted to mention that before we got going. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Hopefully, I, I know I know that I have been receiving through my DCBS order a bunch of It's Alive stuff after his death. Oh wow! Like like a lot, and I, I like that that is I I never got it like that when he was alive. So yeah. I, I don't I don't know if like I stopped ordering from them because I didn't know what the state of the company was. Like I don't I still don't know. Like I, I don't know if these guys are just trying to do his family a solid and get these things out or right. or if they're going to continue yeah that's what i wonder too are they basically they're just trying to fulfill what was still in the pipeline or are they going to keep going after that that's a good question yeah well rob since you're potentially the first one that has to leave we should be done yeah. by then but uh okay why, yeah. why don't you uh kick us off so uh, I'm going to, and my reviews are going to be a little bit um, shorter because just the nature of what they were actually, believe it or not, the first one that I'm going to do is um, the Marvel graphic novel, Dazzler the Movie. So it's um, Marvel graphic number, novel number 12. Um, me and uh, and Joe Crawford were doing, um, we're, decided to to read Dazzler. Well, I put that poll out and Dazzler won and he, he wanted to read along, but he's much faster than I am. Well, he 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 reads a a crap ton. He does because, because, because he's not... he he's doing novels too at the same time. He's doing so like novels. I, I just don't know he's how got he a does Batman it. Batman run going on and on. He's he's reading all yeah. sorts of current comics, and then he was reading four sometimes four or five Dazzlers a day, and and especially early on in the run. I mean, each each issue was taking me almost a half an hour, just because it was so dense with words. Yeah, but yeah. So he finished. Um, um, just read this, and then I'm going to read the Beauty and the Beast uh, is limited series, and then I've got from 34 to 42. So I'm so I'm almost done. But um, so anyhow, believe it or not, like 
this is so this is a graphic novel. It's obviously much bigger and thicker than than a regular comic book, but I can I can pretty much go over what happened pretty quickly because there wasn't uh, a huge amount that was going on here. Um, obviously, the big thing about this novel is this is where she's outed as a mutant up to this point. Um, she was playing it off as a, a performer that was using special effects while she was singing um, uh, for a light show um, that was just all technical and, and some people knew that she was a mutant and she was constantly hanging out with superheroes even though she said she wasn't a superhero. Um, but up to this point, nobody knew that she was a mutant. So um, where this starts is that she's moved from New York to L.A. and she's working in a fitness club um, uh, teaching aerobics. And um, at the end of one particular class, this uh, some guy um, starts hitting on her and uh, wants to, uh, you know, wants to take her out. And it turns out he's, he's very, very rich, very powerful, you know, basically says, you know, go, go out with me and you'll have a you'll have a career in, in, in no time. Um, she's still looking for the, to become, you know, a hit singer. Um, she's now she's actually pursuing movies. Uh, she's had one hit uh, song, but nothing um, since then. And um, she turns him down flat, just not interested. He's being extremely pushy, uh, pretty rude. Um, and uh, so she she blows him off, and and uh, he ends up. Before she even leaves, she ends. He ends up buying the, the the fitness club, and comes back and basically, you know, says, you know, uh, let's go out to dinner tonight. We can discuss your promotion. And uh, she's like, uh, you know, I guess you didn't understand me before. Uh, I'm not interested. And uh, so, of course, she's probably going to end up um, losing her job. Um, but anyhow, she does doesn't seem to care. She leaves and. Um, at this time, uh, she's, she's been, um, the, it's her manager in New York dropped her and it seemed to be very regretful over it. And I wasn't sure at the time whether or not he was being forced to drop her, but he's in New York city. She's in LA. So that could have been, uh, really just what it was and they've never pursued it since. So I guess maybe that was it. And I was reading more into it, but it seemed at the it, when it happened in the in the in an earlier issue, it seemed like somebody was like twisting his arm to to drop her. Um, but anyhow, this um, famous uh, singer, uh, old time singer, and um, he's been in all these hit movies. His his um, called his name's Roman uh, Nakoba, and he's almost styled like a like an A.D. Frank Sinatra. So. Um, kind of like he would have been back in the 80s. Uh, so obviously a little bit younger than when he had passed away, but um, certainly an older guy. And uh, the most <laughs> the most disturbing thing in the whole in the whole thing he he he's taking care of her her career. So he's working as an agent, but she's legitimate legitimately has fallen from him for him rather. And like they've shown him before. Um, in previous issues and in this one too, like when he gets up, uh, he'll, he'll party all night long and he'll get up at like two or three in the afternoon. And like, they show him like putting on his toupee, putting in his false teeth, putting in his, uh, putting on this, um, like a kind of a thing around his waist 
to keep his huge um, belly from from showing. Like uh, everything about his physical appearances is fake. Um, and yet you have her who's got to be in her very early 20s legitimately in in love with him um it didn't start out that way um but that's that's how it ends up in just at the beginning of this um graphic novel he's actually just trying to get her to to start a movie with with um with him and and she keeps turning him him down and then finally um she ends up like really actually falling for for him um so anyhow, bottom line, this story is about the fact that they're gonna create a uh, make a movie starring her and um, and him as well. I think they actually oh. were gonna do it, and that's what spawned this. Oh really? Yeah, yeah I think so it was actually gonna like in real really life. gonna happen in real life, and wow, led to this thing, but didn't uh, pan out. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't pan out in the in the comic either. Um, so, it, it, I, again, they, there's like all these love scenes, and it's like I can't get out of my he- my head the fact that like in the morning he's got no hair, no teeth, he's got the, you know he's obese, and it, it's like and she's this fit twenty something year old, and it's like what is going on here? But anyhow, um, that's then, cool know, score. He, yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. So, is um, he rich? He's fabulous. Well, he has been fabulously rich, but right now he's in debt, and that's why he's he wants this to make this smash movie because he because he's a carefree guy. He's but like, she's you know, sleeping I'm, with him. Yes, yes. That's that's strange. Yeah, no. There's. I wonder. They're totally I wonder. I wonder. They're if, living together. They're no, sleeping with it, each other. No, but does it does it come across as she's doing it to? move something from point A to point B in her no. career? No. Or she no, really does legitimately like this guy? She She's fallen for him <clears throat> legitimately. Okay, that's good. Because it, yeah. it, it's one of those things that the motive is is right in front of you. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's... no. And, 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 and he also um, seems to really genuinely love her. He's, he's well, of course discovered... he does. He's 60 years old, bald and fat, and he has <laughs> yeah. a 20-year-old girl <laughs> well he, and he's found out that 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 she's uh the, i mean it's discovered in this in this um story that um it's revealed rather that he knows that she's a mutant he, and he really doesn't doesn't care one way or the other like it doesn't bother me at all uh, bother him at all rather and um and you know like she even when when he, he confesses that he knows like she immediately assumes that you know that, that he wants to to be apart from her and that he thinks that she's a freak. And he's like, no, absolutely not. I think you're, you know, amazing. So, um, he's no, he has no issue with it at all. And this is during the height of the, the mutant hatred, you know, phase of the Marvel universe where everyone just the, the country at large were, you know, hated mutants. Um, so anyhow, um, he starts having, to, he's trying to get a backer for, um, for the movie and everyone starts, um, turning him down because of just the, his debts and stuff, and then finally he gets um, that that guy. His name's Eric Beal, who proposed or wanted to take um, Allison out at the beginning of this story um, at the fitness club. Uh, he he agrees to back the movie. 
Um, and he's like, no, don't worry about it. Nicoba is telling Allison, don't worry about it. I've got, you know, part of the contract is I've got total control over the movie. And um, so, you, you know, you don't have anything to worry about. So um, they, they go on and, and I mean, they start jet setting and, and everything else as they're getting ready for the movie. Um, you see that he gets, uh, Nicoba gets a summons to Eric Beale's um, office that he hides from, from Allison. <clears throat> they're all over the place and, and you can see that months are passing now she's smoking she's drinking um she's gaining weight and she just finally realizes one day she's looking at herself in the mirror and she's like oh whoa wow I'm, when did i start smoking like never been never been flabby like this before <laughs> so and of course the way she's drawn is uh, you know it's anything but uh chunky so um anyhow uh what uh, she Nicoba comes comes home one day, and this is right after she was um, the, realizing all this about herself. And uh, was like, "Did you see the paper?" And she's like, "No, what are you talking about?" And uh, the big revelation that you're a mutant. And she's shocked. She's like, "Who did this?" And he said, "I did." And and she couldn't believe it. And he's like, "It's a brilliant ploy. It's a great gimmick for the for publicity for the movie and stuff." And I've got commissioned a new script. The whole thing's going to be about what it's like to actually be, you know, a mutant in, in today's society. It's, it's, you know, going to be a huge hit. So she ends up putting on a, a exhibition um, at um, the airport and like basically all the jet engines um, uh, rev up their engines and she absorbs all that sound and creates this crazy light show. And it's so much sound that um, it actually permanently changes how her powers work prior she needed um sound to activate her powers and now she actually can store it so she doesn't need it readily available um the sound uh and she can still use her powers if she's absorbed um a sound in the past um so anyhow um people freak out uh after the uh demonstration and you know like oh my god it's, it's she's really a mutant you know she can she's she can, she's gonna kill us and they all start running away and stuff like that and um so she's pretty upset, but she's still in love with Roman. And uh, they they have a little rendezvous in the back of the limousine as they're going back home. Um, she decides that she needs to get back into shape. So she starts doing her aerobics and weightlifting again. Um, she's getting bad publicity from uh, what happened at the airport that she had, quote, unquote, threatened the demonstrators. Um, however, the movie's going on and uh, she's she's doing her own stunts there with her her powers roman is becoming a little bit more distant um maybe realizing that uh, he might be in some danger just being near her because of the anti-mutant sentiment um starts uh you see a couple scenes of different places around um the country uh like at a record store people are, are uh, destroying his records and saying you know you know don't carry these and you see him hung in effigy uh elsewhere in la um so it's like uh he's i think he's starting to realize maybe there's going to be problems um but anyhow uh they go ahead and uh the movie finally wraps and they go to the studio to see a screening see how it's going to be um it's legitimately better than they ever expected um, so good, they're actually thinking not only blockbuster money, but uh, possibly even a, a talking Academy Awards. 
And just as the movie ends, uh, they hear some crashing and they turn around and people, uh, anti-mutant protesters have broken into the studio itself and are chasing them down and actually throwing uh, bricks and, and they've got um, sticks and, and everything else uh, chasing them. Um, so they they managed to um, run into a uh, into one of the sets and uh, Ali uh, uh, lights up and kind of um, uh, disorients everyone and they managed to to get away uh, that way and um, she goes back to the front desk of the um, office of the studio and uh, the guy did and the guy manning it admits that he removed the guards but for his um for their own safety because there were so many but um uh, she's she's just terribly upset um mr uh, roman ends up calling her um uh, she, she, he took off apparently without her and calls her and says to meet uh, him at beale uh, productions eric beale's production um office um she walks in and roman is gone um, Beale is there at the desk and says, "Oh, he just signed a new contract. He's he's gone uh, on a uh, he's going to take an extended vacation, and then he's going to be on a world uh, singing tour." And uh, and she's like, "Well, he wouldn't have just said without going away." And and <laughs> Eric Beale's like, "Oh, I, he absolutely would because that's actually the contract that he just signed. It's forbidding him to communicate um, with you uh, in any way." And here's the contract. So of course she breaks down crying and. Uh, Eric uh, admits that he basically has orchestrated all of this, um, that he knew that she was a mutant, uh, not Roman, uh, and he put Roman up to revealing it um, and so on and so forth, uh, basically um, doing all of this. To, and, and she says, is this to get back at me because I turned you down? And he says no, but that's exactly, that's exactly what it was. and. Now he says, you know what, I think I could actually salvage your career if you, uh, if you sign a similar contract uh, to, to, that Roman uh, signed. And yes, it's severe, but you're going to become uh, famous. And she's crying and she signs, she signs the, um, the contract and he, he says, great, that's awesome. And he picks it up and uh, it's not her signature. He, she wrote, go suck an egg on the contract instead. And she punches him in the face. There's only one copy left of the movie. He had everything else burned, and he threatened that he would destroy it if she didn't sign the contract. Um, but she uses her light powers and actually burns the last copy herself, which freaks him out because he knows that that movie was worth hundreds of millions. And she's like, well, that's too bad. And, and she walks out and um, starts walking down the street and who arrives but Roman and grabs her and and starts shouting to her and say I, I got to go into the office I got to tear up that contract and uh, and she says oh Roman I already I already burned it and she's like oh my god thank you so much and um, so you know he, he he said you know I don't know what I was thinking I you know I actually you know I I, I love you and um, and he's like well you know we're he's like we'll be back on top don't worry about it and Allison realizes that he that she can't stay with Roman any longer because it's going to adversely hurt um, his career. And um, they both admit that they love each other, but they're going to have to uh, 
go their separate ways and they wish each other luck and and she walks walks away and and that's the end of the uh the thing so actually that was a little longer than i expected to talk um it was it was a very like i said a long a long story as a graphic novel but honestly it was you know it was all it was really like a uh, you know a soap opera issue it, there was no um super heroics there was no fighting there was no villains except for obviously eric beale is as a you know a financial villain um and the big the big takeaway obviously was that she's now been revealed to the entire world that she's a mutant so how that will affect the rest of uh, her run the last nine issues plus the four issue miniseries uh, i'll find out but all in all um it was you know it was okay uh Definitely didn't need to be a entire graphic novel. They could have done it in a 22-page uh, comic book. But what was that done in again? Mind. Marvel what? Uh, Marvel graphic novel number 12. Yeah, it's through the movie. That's where Captain Marvel died, huh? Yeah. yeah. And the New Mutants is another one of the yeah that that whole run. Yeah, I got that one. I guess I never read it, but I have it. I had it, I got it free digitally at one point, but it's so funny because I was at the comic store, uh, not this week, but the week before. And in their case, they had all these Marvel graphic novels and one of them was Dazzler. And it was just for eight bucks. Uh, the cover price had been six ninety five back when it came out. So I'm like, you know what, I'll just buy it physically. So that's that's how I read it. I like stories like that, though, like... I, I tend to like the Chainsaw Man volumes that are not fight scenes. <clears throat> yeah, I mean this was because like because said, this I, good. I, I, was, I I I like the characterization stuff. Like I like it a lot. Like, yeah, I like sure. Chainsaw Man Volume Five because there weren't a lot of fights, and Volume Six there was. And when there are the fights and all those speed motion things, I can't even tell what's happening. <laughs> so it's like I. I just like the the quiet moments a little bit more because <laughs> I yeah. understand them. I mean, it was it was obviously a lot of um, a lot of characterization in this. It was nothing but so you definitely. No, got it's like a, a soap of... opera, and it's like it something a... that you could see on Netflix. Hundred <clears throat> percent, that's yeah. exactly what it was. Um, I mentioned to Joe and uh, Twitter that like I really enjoyed um, the cast that she had in in New York. Um, she had her manager there. She had some friends. She had her sister, her half sister. Um, she had her band, obviously angel, uh, you know, Warren Worthington, um, played a, uh, you know, a side role as a recurring character. It was, it was great. And I kind of miss all of that now that she's in LA. I don't feel like the, uh, she doesn't have much of a supporting cast, at least at this point. Um, so I am missing that, but uh, we'll see how the rest of the series um, goes. I should finish this. I only need three more issues. I need 13, 14, and 20. Yeah, you should. One is Greenberg the Vampire by Demetrius and Mike Badger. And one is uh, Starstruck by Elaine Lee and Kaluda and Swords of Swashbucklers by Matt Lowe and Jackson Geis. I have that in another form because Dynamite 
published a version of this like in hardcover mm -hmm. but I'm so close to finishing this run I wonder how I would know if I have first or second print of this it's I have second prints on some of these like Captain Marvel the death of I have the third version Does it of say that print or something uh yes inside the indici and right. i, and I, I just think have, yeah I and just the, on some of these the cover price is different too so you can yeah check. and then it's easy but and then uh there were a lot for the new mutants i have mm -hmm. the first print of that and then god god x-men god loves man kills he kills yeah <clears throat> there's a lot of versions of that i think i have two copies of that i have the first print and like the seventh print. <laughs> Do you know that's one I don't own? I've only read digitally. Yeah, that's based on uh, what the second X Men movie. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. Uh, I mean, that, I should that, own this as, a, as an X Men collector. Yeah, you would think. Chris Claremont, you know, written one back, you know, in the prime days of of the X Men. I I really should should get this at some point. They're not terribly expensive. Yeah, I really like that Gambit series with little storm and gambit going oh, around yeah. oh my yeah. god i got into that <laughs> that was crazy because I, I i vaguely remember like gambit and then that that alien rock star person i i forget lalandra or whatever her name is that oh lila cheney lila cheney yeah i like i, I it was like touching on like things that I like vaguely remember, but I just like <laughs> I just like absolutely loved it. <laughs> Why is the sensational She-Hulk graphic novel 120 bucks? Oh, because of the show. Maybe not like a first appearance or anything though. Yeah, I but it became hot because time of that it. John Byrne what, wrote her. I don't. What I don't was know. that? What was that one? What what number? For 18. 18. I'm gonna have to look it up in like my comic shop. Oh yeah, it it really went up there. Hmm. That's John Byrne too. Yeah, think, that's why I wonder. I think like, is I think I think this was this was John Byrne before he launched the uh, the series. This his uh, series, yeah. That's what I think too. That's what makes me. It was oh. the sensational She-Hulk before, like it, it's what launched his campy run i guess that, that's yeah, what right. that, maybe that's what drove the because savage sea hulk wasn't campy at all it was serious no no it was it was it was a straightforward until uh, until john Byrne got, got it, a hold yeah. of it so yeah yeah it's only a in very good condition in um my, my comic shop and that's 40 bucks for for very good so it's definitely uh up there yeah all right, well, so that's what I got. If one of you guys want to take over. can go either way, Chris. What do you want to do? Um, I can go. Okay. Sorry. I'm always the fastest, so it's easy for me to go last. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured I was, uh, I was a little quiet, so there. Um, give you guys a break. Um... The first one I was going to talk about was um, Amazing Spider-Man issue 38. Um, and this actually is 
Steve Ditko's last issue. Um, it's probably the most notable thing about it. Um, you know, it's um, it has some interesting setup for the next issue, um, despite the fact that you know it's Ditko's last issue. Um, but um, the the antagonist is is not super interesting. Um, it's you know on the cover it gives you the title just a guy named Joe, um, and uh, <clears throat> it starts out with him. Um, he's uh, like a wannabe. His name's Joe Smith, so about as you know generic a, a name as you possibly can get. Um, and uh, he, um, no offense to any Joe Smiths out there, <laughs> um, but um, he is kind of a wannabe um, boxer. He also tries wrestling, um, and uh, he's got a manager named Mr. Tompkins, um, and uh, he's pretty success unsuccessful and pretty unsuccessful at. Uh, everything that he does um, and uh, he gets teased and made fun of um, by the guys at the various gyms that he works out and trains at um, but uh, his manager gets him a job as an extra in a, a movie and he plays uh, a monster in this film. Um, and so he's all um, done up in this green and orange and black costume with a mask and everything. Um, and on the set, um, there's an accident. And one of those, uh, they call them an arc light in here. I guess that's what they're called. Um, uh, I don't know what they're called, but I've seen them, you know, in pictures of movie sets and stuff, those high, high up lights that arc, arc down on the action. Uh, one of those um, falls into a puddle of spilled chemicals and he gets uh, shocked. Um, and that's kind of his um, origin story, which is as origin stories goes at this point. And I think it was like 66 that this came out was was already a little, you know, spilled chemicals kind of. I mean, little to be honest with you, that actually happened to me last week. So, oh, OK, well, it's more common than I thought then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Did you are you confused now and um, with uh, superhero heroic strength or I'm, I'm, I'm OK now. I mean, I'm not so confused anymore, but I was I mean, you should have seen the house for a couple of days after that. Yeah, probably it was quite a mess. Mm -hmm. um, so that's their first scene and then we check in with um, Mr. Parker and um, at the Daily Bugle um, Betty Brandt um, you know there was some potential romance in the past with him with her and um, Peter and he um but she has gone off to California, has left, and um, Jameson is just going through potential secretary after potential secretary because, you know, no one wants to work for him. 
Um, and Peter um, thought that Betty took off to California with his rival for her affections, Ned Leeds. Um, but then he runs into Ned and, um, you know, they have a bit of back and forth or um, they, uh, about, you know, over Betty and what happened and everything. And um, Ned blames Peter for her leaving and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but back with uh, Mr. Joe Smith, um, he's making the most of, uh, of his, you know, he doesn't really know what's going on. He doesn't really, he just, cause he's confused, but, um, he does seem to be, um, he, you know, he's doing well as an extra, as the, as the monster, um, fighting the henchman and, um, it, it's, it's given, it's causing some success for him in his, um, new situation, but, but in his confusion, he wanders out onto the street and, you know, has doesn't care that he's no longer on the movie set and picks up a car and um, is starting to cause havoc, which catches Peter's attention, who's walking down the street thinking about what had just happened. So he ducks off to change into his long underwear and... Um, <laughs> We have a fight uh, between him and Joe um, Smith, which doesn't go super well um, for Spider-Man. Although, you know, Spider-Man is thinking to himself that this guy doesn't quite seem to, he doesn't really seem to be f trying to hurt Spider-Man. He just, he, you know, he kind of senses the, the chaoticness of his uh, mind at the moment. Um and um, it ends with um, Joe's manager catching up with him and and getting through to him and getting him out of there. And um, you know, Spider Man's not sure where he disappeared to. Um, so then we we kind of, we go to what I think is probably more the more interesting part of the issue um, is that we have a um, subplot uh, with with Norman Osborn um, who in disguise um sets up a bounty on spider-man um and uh you know that's the long and short of it but he um he's setting off a, a lot of men after spider-man by putting money on his head it's he's offering uh twenty thousand which um i'm always interested when i when i'm reading such old comics you know, I do the I go onto like the inflation calculator to see how much that actually is, uh -huh. um, and that, that would be like uh, more like over a hundred and eighty thousand today. So sounds a little that bit sounds, more, that sounds right. That's right? a little more motivating, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and twenty, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's like eight eight hundred something percent uh, increase. <laughs> um, back with Peter, you know, there's some on on campus. There's some uh there's a student protester protest that they're trying to recruit him and he um he he begs them off and uh he runs into um he runs into flash thompson um harry osborne and um gwen stacy you know and they're 
continuing to kind of plant the th threads there with, um, you know, Gwen. She doesn't um, dislike Peter as much as the people that she's hanging out with. Um, and um, so there's another uh, another encounter between Spider-Man and um, Joe. Um, complicated by the fact that there's just random dudes and hats and trench coats like going after Spider-Man trying to collect on the bounty. Um, but they do kind of make interesting use of that situation um, in this final encounter between Spider-Man and, and Joe Smith because um, Joe wanders into one of the old gyms that he trained at and picks a fight with all the guys working out. Um, but, you know, this gym is not one um, that is frequented by the most upstanding members of society. So um, when Spider-Man shows up to help them out by, uh, you know, taking on Joe Smith, um, they show their appreciation by uh, also going after Spider-Man because they want to collect on the bounty. Um, but um, when all is said and done, uh, Spider-Man, I don't know if it's just the timing. You know, it just happens to be that as the fight ends, um, the effect of the accident on Joe wears off, or if Spider-Man repeatedly hitting him in the head <laughs> knocks him <laughs> back to his senses but one or the other like it wears off um and in the aftermath um ultimately you know the cops show up and they're but uh no one no one um presses charges so um he doesn't get taken in and um Joe finds out from his manager that um, they were really, really happy with um, the job that he did in the movie set so that, you know, they, they want to talk long term with him um, going in. And uh, that wins all the guys in the gym over, too, because they suddenly have a movie star uh, in their midst that, you know, maybe um, could do a few favors for them. So, um Spider-Man still, as the um, you know, has, as he's leaving, still has to deal with um, the uh, the men coming, you know, just the random dudes coming out of the woodwork to try to take him out. Uh, and then um, the story ends with, um, well, not quite a Mary Jane Watson appearance, but um, because her um, face is obscured by the shadows of some bushes outside of uh, May Parker's house. Um, but uh, she's a character that um, has been slowly seated uh, as well. I absolutely as, love how they introduce that character, like over issues and issues and issues. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I like, I, it's just something that I feel like, isn't done really much and certainly not these days. It was just 
I remember rereading re- from the beginning of Spider-Man, and it's just like, oh my god, she's mentioned here. Oh my god, she's mentioned again. And like the first time I ever read the whole thing, I'm like that's just it's brilliant. I loved it. Yeah, it's neat. It's it's how it you know it worked out. Um, you know, at the time, um, I don't know that they knew how significant a character she would ultimately be. You know, right. they they were probably just um, seeding the character, and it seemed like from what I read, it seemed like Dicko liked to just really drag things out. (laughs) Um, And, um, and also at that time, you know, as opposed to now, I think um, guys probably felt like they were going to be on books longer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Whereas now you never know. So just get, get the story out there so that it can be resolved in time. But um. But yeah, it's neat uh, how it worked out because it worked out really well with the character being ended up ending up being so significant. Um, but yeah, it's another May's attempts to introduce her nephew <laughs> to um, Ms. Watson or, uh, fail fails again because um, yeah. Peter he comes no in. The, hmm? He has no interest. Yeah, well, you know, this time he didn't. You know, he 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 came in the back door. Um, and, and missed her entirely. So, um, (laughs) and, and May rushes him to the front door to see if she hasn't left yet, but, uh, her cars, they just see her car in the distance and, um, (laughs) Peter is disappointed. He thought for a second that it might've been Betty. Um, and, uh, you know, he's just, uh, Man, is he's just a curmudgeon <laughs> overall. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I, I um, so yeah. So the next uh, issue is um, when John Romita arrives, and it's also a, a much more iconic uh, issue. Um, it, it thirty-nine is the issue where um, the Green Goblin, who is another is another long-standing thread um, mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, is is revealed to be Norman Norman Osborn and um, that again is interesting because um, it it it's really kind of depending on what you read it's really unclear as to whether Ditko uh, was going to agree um, to that Norman Osborn um, was the Green Goblin because Stan uh, he really wanted it to be someone that Peter didn't know, um, you know, and, and he, cause he felt that that was more true to reality and Stan was just knew that that would be disappoint, be disappointing to the readers, you know, well, after they've been teasing it, right. All like not showing his face, not showing his face. Yeah. He, he had more of a sense of that, you know, uh, the reader's experience. So, um, I don't, I don't think it's known whether, whether he won, um, Ditko over to that idea. It's because it's it seems like he's seeding that idea that Norman is Green Goblin, but it's also thought that maybe he was just doing that as a red herring and ultimately would not have had him be Green Goblin. But mm-hmm. he left the book, and in the very next issue, um, Norman's revealed to be the Green Goblin. And <laughs> I, I can't say that you know now that I'm done with the, all the Ditko issues, I I can't see him say I'm quite sorry to see him go. Oh no! I really, yeah, I I really, I mean, I appreciate. I think he was essential to the um, 
development of the character. I think if he had not been around and like Kirby or someone else had been involved more, I don't think we quite would have gotten the the Peter Parker and that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I, I feel like it was time for the character to grow a little bit more. Um, uh, I think Ditko had a lot of his personality and how like, how curmudgeonly um, <laughs> Peter is. I mean, he really comes off as kind of a dick a lot of times, <laughs> you yeah. know. And I I think they needed to start to soften that a little bit, you know. I think it can be a, a bit much at times. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. But, it's cool um, to hearing about Ned Leeds and uh, Betty because we all know how that turns out. Mm-hmm. And it leads into current storylines with the I was going to say, it's going on. Until <laughs> <today>. <laughs> it's going on They're right always, now. Uh, mining, yeah, always mining the past and uh-huh. retconning stuff. Speaking uh, of soap operas, I mean, basically that's what if you're a comic book reader, that's basically what you're doing. You've got your own version of soap operas, just with superpowers. Yeah, if you yeah, if you read comics and ever and ever find yourself making fun of soap operas, you really need to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're missing something there. <laughs> yeah, you need to you need to think think twice about what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I always think that if it's not soap opera, or I don't know how to say it, but if it's not, then it shouldn't be a monthly periodical. Right. Because it's supposed to drive you to like, oh my god, I gotta see the next episode or I gotta read the next comic. I, you know? Exactly. That's what that's supposed to do. No, nope. you're right. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely you know, they're both uh serialized stuff. Yeah. So it they they're gonna share some things, yeah. So I picked two winners this time and I I, I don't have a lot of time to like um, what I guess filter filter what I read before the show because I I have other things I gotta read so I just picked two comics and I liked them both. Um, one of them actually got me towards one of my goals, which was uh, to have all the cross gen publications, which I I pretty much do have if it's cross gen proper. But CrossGen, towards the death of the company, started to do uh, Masters of the Universe. They started to do some, like, Dragon War Chronicles or something like that. They got the license to Snake Poliskin. They had Space Ace and Dragon's Lair, which I've been trying to complete, which are the hardest things to complete because they're so expensive. And uh, I'm down to two issues, one one issue of Space Ace and one issue of Dragon's Lair, and I'm probably going to have to spend like $150 for Dragon's Lair, but, um, or maybe more, um, depending on every time I get, look, it's, it seems to vary, uh, get variable prices. Mm. But uh, I uh, picked Snake Poliskin. Chronicles uh, from Hurricane Entertainment, which was uh, CrossGen had licensed the character around the time that the uh, anniversary of the DVD or the Blu-ray was going to come out. And uh, they did a four-issue story arc. And it it was pretty exciting. I read read all four. 
Um, it was written by William O'Neill, and uh, the art was by Tone Rodriguez. And the story goes is that Snake, it originally starts off like um, as a an episode of Road Warrior. He's drawing a driving a Humvee, and there's all these motorcycle guys that are sort of trying to pull over or take over the Humvee. Because in the future, I, I think he's like somewhere between New Jersey and somewhere else. In the future, <clears throat> bandits take over the toll roads and it, it's chaos. Like So between cities, it's like uh, a DMZ and there's no rules and everything's up for grabs. And he's driving this Humvee through there to, to go meet another one of his partners on this... Uh, thing they're supposed to be doing. Harley, what are you doing? <laughs> I'll take you later. After we're done. <clears throat> she says, I'll take myself for a walk if you're not going to. She was like, I'm going to grab her leash. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, she says, you haven't taken me yet? I'll just go myself. Oh, my God. But anyway, uh, it started. It, it, he Tone Rodriguez does an awesome job of like movie layouts, if you will, and sequential artwork. Like you could see the foot hitting the gas, and you can feel like how this could be a movie. It, he does it really well in terms of uh, excitement in a chase scene with motorcycles and a Humvee. Well, Snake gets away, and he goes and vis visits this guy who. He's like Lando Carissian, the guy he's visiting. He's like an old friend who he thinks he can trust, but it turns out he can't. So he goes and visits his version of Lando, and they're, they're going to go on a heist job. And their heist job <clears throat> is there's somebody that wants the vehicle that uh, JFK was killed in. Uh, they want it so bad they're willing to give... 30 million dollars for this car and uh they're they're gonna go on a heist to try to steal the car and uh the the guy betrays um snake poliskin and he takes him out into the middle of the ocean uh puts him in one of those crab traps that's sort of tied to a a bayo a bayou on the one of those floaty devices in the middle of the ocean to, to catch crabs. And he's going to drown him. He essentially puts a weight in there and sinks the trap really deep. Well, Snake manages to get out, uh, swim to the top. And he's like, then it's like open water, right? Like, where am I going to go? I'm going to die out here. And it's freezing water. But there's a, a a guy who's a fisherman that's out there, and he sort of rescues him. And uh, he he's an old he's an older guy, and Snake is like, well, you know what? Do you want to share thirty million dollars with with me? I'll give you fifth. Harley Quinn Myers, you wait. <laughs> She's the... Hurry it up, man. You. Like, Why are you ignoring me? <laughs> you wait. You wait. <laughs> We'll go. <laughs> Man, she's being honored today. <laughs> so, uh... Oh my gosh. <laughs> crazy. 
Yeah, she's uh, she's not happy. Usually oh. I take her before, which settles this thing, but I didn't take her before, so <laughs> she's yelling. Oh. But hopefully that's over with. So uh, he he convinces <laughs> the 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 fisherman. The, the fisherman says, "I don't want to go into crime and do this. I'm I'm an honest fisherman." But then they get back to land, and there's this this guy that looks like he's from Saturday Night Fever, and he's like a Slavic gangster that says, "Hey, you haven't paid me my money to go onto these waters and fish." And he says, "I'm gonna kill you." And then so so Snake sort of fights off this this guy and his bullies <clears throat> saves the fisherman and the fisherman's like, you know what? I he's he this guy's like sixty five years old. He's like, I will go with you to commit this crime and steal this car. And they want to steal the car before the other guy, the Lando Carissian guy, gets to it first. <clears throat> so they plan all this and they they get there to steal the car before all this happens. They they, they steal the car. One of the uh girls that's hired to um to be like his wife uh JFK's wife is is at the car for whatever reason at midnight and she becomes like the Adrian Barbeau Barbeau actress in Escape from New York where she's caught up in this heist deal and um they they get away and then that Slavic guy comes and stops them, but they get out of it because the police shoot shoot him up <clears throat> because they stole the car. The car is looking pretty <laughs> pretty messed up about this point. So he delivers the car to the guy <clears throat> who wants it, and he's like, I'm not going to pay you because of all the bullet holes in the side of the car. And Snake is like, he looks at him and, the guy gets scared and he goes, okay, I'll pay you. So he gives him the, the suitcase of the the $30 million. And then the the Lando Calrissian friend of his uh, shows up and uh, he sided with the guys who originally owned the car. And uh, then, then it becomes a fight scene between his guys and, and Snake Poliskin. But it, it ends up that Snake gets away on a helicopter with the money and um unfortunately the 65 year old man gets shot during this whole fiasco and uh that's how it ends is he ends up with the cash and uh snake is on to his next job but it was really a fun a fun comic book and uh I, I would recommend it for people that, that like Escape from New York or Escape from L.A. Um, it's it pretty good. <laughs> cool. And this was around the time that El Cazador and Negation War, like towards the death of CrossGen, uh, where it wasn't, things weren't good. But they did manage to finish this four-issue uh, miniseries. So the only the only books I think I'm really lacking are some of the Lady Deaths and uh, some of their commercial products. I may be missing a couple of uh, well, Negation War never finished, so I, I think I have everything that physically came out, but um, the Pirate one and 
Abakazad. I might not. I might be missing the third issue of that because then it became like when Valiant died, where they, where the people ordering the books weren't getting the books because the publisher was having issues getting the last of the books out. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it was, it, this was fun. I, I liked it a lot. So I, I, I w- wouldn't have read all four of them if I didn't like it. So that's cool. It's a lot of fun. Something a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do like my Kurt, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell? Yeah, he's one of my favorite actors. Do you like Overboard? I love Overboard. Me too. <laughs> it's so much better than the remake. <laughs> I, I didn't bother. I can watch remake. Overboard over and over again. And Big Trouble in Little China. And anything that he's in. Even Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy is pretty interesting. But I, I just like him. His, I like his presence. I like... I like Goldie Hawn, his wife. I like, um, yeah, me too. His son is in, what is his son in? Oh, he's a U.S. agent or, uh, that's a son. Yeah. That's, that's Kurt Russell's son. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just, yeah, I just realized that the, uh, I had no idea. The other day I, um, there was a deal that you could add, uh, Disney plus to Hulu for, like three dollars a month i think it was for a year mm-hmm. um so we did that and i've been catching up on some marvel stuff and watch falcon and the winter soldier yeah that's a good deal for three bucks you can't go wrong yeah you can so even get into she hulk <laughs> yeah i'll get it to it so i watched so far i've watched infinity war Endgame, ant-man the wasp Captain Marvel, WandaVision, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, You're moving right along. You got your money's worth already. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, just with what you uh, watched. Right. Yeah. 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 That's cool. I I I still have to watch Andor, but that's the only thing. Oh, uh, the new ba- Bad Batch came out, and I have to watch that too. So. I have two things I need to queue yeah, up. Yeah, I gotta watch Andor too. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like I, I just I love that they the stuff that they were adapting from, mm-hmm. all the Mark Grunewald stuff that they put in. Yeah, there, was... and I like U.S. Agent. Like I like the way he was portrayed in that. I thought he did a good job. Oh yeah, they they did a good job of, yeah of. Uh, Man, I just was so angry with him at times. Oh yeah, but <laughs> that that's they, what they... you were supposed to feel in the comic book. No, I know book. that's what I mean. Like I, they, <clears throat> the actor as well did a you know a good job of yeah of, of getting to you know feel that way. Yeah, John Walker. There you go. Yep. But um, yeah, I I like the way he was portrayed, and I I like of. Did you finish it? Yeah, the show. Did, yeah. did you watch the the I guess the extras when uh, Julia Lewis Dreyfus shows up? Um, yeah, I saw that there. Uh, yeah, there, I think it was in the regular episode that. Oh, okay. Or, or no, it wasn't at the end. But yeah, when when she recruits him, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she plays a a big part. Well, not a big part, but she plays a pretty good part in the latest uh, Wakanda. 
A critical? Yeah. Well, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen Wakanda yet. It's coming soon to Disney Plus, so I'll be able yeah, to watch she, it. She plays a part in that, and that's going to lead to something in the future based on... I, I know what it's leading to, but we don't want to spoil it for us. Yeah, because you listen to the speculator stuff, or you know what the comics are hot, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it's hard to avoid on Facebook. But 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 it's weird because the team they're assembling isn't. It's not the team in the comic book. No. Like not even. Well, I mean, it, there there's been members like. Like U.S. Agent has been a member of the thun of that team. <laughs> 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 but uh some of the others haven't yeah it'd be interesting though yeah, yeah it sounds like they're kind of gonna do the like dc got the suicide squad out there first but so um, i'm expecting it kind of be similar to that it's almost more like the dark avengers than than anything else it's like yeah more more edgy counterpart the the way the film guided it it sort of guided it to be the dark avengers like norman osborne assembling the team and instead instead it's julia Mm -hmm. lewis dreyfus (laughs) yeah exactly. but uh yeah it does feel more naturally to be like dark avengers yeah yeah that's good point it'd be interesting though but but the one of the big things is if they do it right, they have potential to do it right. They have Baron Z- Zemo in the film. You know yeah. he's he's in Falcon Winter Soldier. He's in Cap Captain America. So Zemo could play into what happens. Yeah, for sure. That would be I, cool. A, a matter of fact, I I think they have to do something with him. In order to, so. like, give the uh, Easter egg to the fans, because yeah. that's what that whole thing is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree. All um, right, Rob, I think right. you're up. Yeah. So I'm going to do a going to do a double feature. I'm going to I'm going to talk uh, back to back about a couple of movies that, that I saw over the past couple of days. I'll try to um, be a little bit uh, quick with them. Um, the first one that I watched is, just came out on Shutter earlier last week, I believe. Um, it's a 1981 movie called Possession, um, and I think it was it was definitely filmed in in, in Europe. Uh, it has like a crazy high score on IMDb, especially for a horror movie. I think it's like a 7.2 or 7.3 somewhere around there. Um, Could I ask one other question? Because I always please. have trouble with Shutter. Matter of fact, I stopped it. But <clears throat> do you, how do you find like what to watch? Uh, <clears throat> like, what's the best approach to find what to watch on Shutter? On Shutter, what? Like, I, like how I mean, did you I'm, come across Possession, for example? Just, just. Um. Yeah. So, couple things. I'm on there pretty re- re- like at least weekly to look at movies. Um, so possession in particular, I do follow shutter on Twitter and on Facebook. So it popped up a couple times that this movie was going to be available. 
a friend of mine went to some event at some point um, this past fall and got one of those, you guys familiar with like those scratch off posters that like might be like a hundred Academy Award winning movies or a hundred, I got like a hundred horror movies. So you scratch them off if you've seen them. I don't know. No, what are, no I've never seen this. What you buy a poster and then every day you scratch off something or what? So the poster has like a uh, hundred movies on it and they're all, they're all um, listed, on the same theme though, like horror or what? Yeah. In my case, it's a horror one. Yeah. And so you, uh, you know, they're all, the, the names of them are all listed, but then there's, you know, a block of, uh, something that you can scratch off above each one and then the idea is you just as you see the movie you just you just scratch it off and the you know the, the point being that you can see how many of these hundred that you've seen um you can obviously it can guide you for other movies maybe to watch and then you can cross them off after you've seen them or scratch them off after you've seen them um i just sent you guys the uh, another text with with the actual poster because i was showing the person who got me that um what it looked like so uh, I noticed that that was one of them listed that I hadn't seen before. And then all of a sudden, like two days later, I saw it was coming out on Shutter. Now, normally, Mike, what I'll do is I'll just go to the movies tab and just scroll down. And it's pretty much there's just a, a view where it just lists all the movies in no particular order, except for, you know, how recently they've come become available on on Shutter. So I'll just see the most recent ones that have just become available and I'll keep scrolling sideways um, you know until maybe I've already gotten to the ones that I've I've noticed before uh, that's that's pretty much just what I do there's really no other I don't really have any other method unless somewhere else like you know I hear about a movie or whatever and I want to see it then I'll check to see if it's on shutter just by a search but that that's pretty much it okay thanks um yeah, sure. So this, so this movie, and I can only, it has to be that the director um, wanted the actors to act in a certain way uh, because they all act. Uh, basically, like I saw somebody give a review, like there are subtle movies and there are some not so subtle movies. And then there's this movie. Like everyone's acting is dialed to 11. Um. Like just, I mean, in like crazy, everything is so over the top in terms of the acting. Like if, like if the woman in the in in the movie is upset, she's just not upset. She's like literally like writhing her entire body all over the place. Um, this one guy, I don't know if he's supposed to be on drugs, if he was high at the, but like everything is accentuated to the nth degree. But every actor is doing that, so. I'm assuming that this is what the director wanted. Um, again, this this has like crazy high reviews in um, IMDb. I personally didn't love it, but um, it actually stars Sam Neill of uh, Jurassic Park fame, uh, about 15 years prior to Jurassic Park. Um, so the plot of this um, movie is that this the, this guy um, named Mark, played by by Sam Neill. Um, he's a spy who has returned home um, to Berlin um, after a mission to his wife, whose name is, is Anna, and they have a son named Bob. And um, 
you can uh, apparently they've had uh, some problems in their marriage uh, prior to this, and him being away after a lengthy mission certainly didn't help the situation. And he comes home, and um, things are very strained. And and it was it's not more than a day before she says that <clears throat> she wants a divorce, and at some point she even like just ends up disappearing, and it it. it they they just aren't aren't getting along. Um, he agrees that okay, she can stay you know at, at the apartment with Bob, and you know he'll go somewhere else. Um, spends a two week uh, spree of just drinking and staying at uh, apparently at a hotel or something, and he ends up showing back up at the apartment, and Bob is is there all by himself and has been for some time, just uh, eating peanut butter and jelly and and everything else and. Um, just been neglected and he, he says okay you're gonna I'm gonna stay here with you from now on and um Anna shows back up like that night or whatever no explanation of what she was doing and um just ends up leaving in the middle of the night and he comes to learn that she had been uh even though she had denied it um the night before she announced the divorce um she'd been uh seeing another man for for quite some time at least a year and um this is the guy that acts very, very over the top, like he's stoned or something, but it's very strange. Um, everyone, in, 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 both of the parents are acting just very, very bizarrely, and especially her. She's just, like I said, wailing over the top, and uh, she she comes and she goes. She comes to visit, uh, sensibly to visit Bob, but like doesn't really see, ends up immediately fighting with Mark and, uh, you know, ends up uh, leaving every single time she shows up. Um, now that, uh, Mark has to take care of the son cause she's just coming and going, um, you know, she takes, uh, he takes her, uh, takes him rather to school and, uh, his teacher, Bob's teacher named Helen is uh, literally looks identical to his wife to the point where he thinks that his wife for a second is putting him on and realizes that no, it's a, a different person. Uh, the actress plays both roles. Uh, it's just the difference in hairstyle, and uh, one has a blue eyes, one has green. Um, at one point, Anna comes home with groceries and starts slicing a roast, and out of nowhere, she starts slicing her neck with the electric uh, knife. He grabs it from her, you know, uh, uh, takes her to the bathroom, uh, bandages it up and just a minor um cut but even still you know very shocking um bandages it up and then you know uh, she um is just crying in the bathroom he goes back to the kitchen and starts slicing his arm like over and over again just minor small slices but still it's just very weird just very very weird um so finally mark uh hires a private investigator to find out where anna keeps going um, because he finds out that he that she's not going to her lover, um, he hasn't seen her either, um, and not quite sure what what's going on. So um, the private investigator um, finally, uh, first of all, I, I don't know what's going on because the investigator is literally ten feet away from her, behind her the entire time that she's like on the subway walking down several streets, walking to her apartment, going into the apartment building, and yet doesn't seem to notice that this man is following all over the place. Um, 
but anyhow, he knocks on the apartment, pretends that he's uh, working for the, the um, superintendent of the building and needs to check all the windows. Um, so reluctantly, she lets him in. Um, he's, he's checking all the windows. She goes into a back bedroom and there's this weird tentacled creature that's there and you hear him scream and you can be assured that he has died. He's been killed. Um, so, <laughs> um, the private investigators, uh, company, uh, contacts Mark and says, this man has not, has not shown up. We don't know where he is. Um, he, he was tailing your wife and has disappeared. Um, and so Mark shares the ad address that the private investigator had, had brought, uh, it brought to him before he, he, um, uh, went into the apartment himself. <clears throat> the owner of the, of the agency goes there. Um, incidentally, he's also the lover of the private detective that had been killed. Um, no reason for that. Just uh, another, um, little piece of information you find out. And he um, also encounters this tentacle creature. He tries to shoot, but he's he's killed. At one point, um, the uh, Anna's lover um, uh, meets with, with Mark uh, at a bar. Um, Mark ends up um, bringing, uh, they, they meet, he says, not out here, let's go to the bathroom. So they go into the bathroom. He starts um, beating up um, that, that man and, and drowns him in, in the toilet, um, and locks the door and climb, climbs over the stall. Um, at another point we have, Anna is walking home, um, to her, uh, second apartment where she starts having a violent attack where she's like flinging herself back and forth, um, in this underground passage all by herself against the walls and stuff. And finally, um, falls down and she's bleeding from the eyes, from her head, and also, uh, clearly having some sort of strange miscarriage of this just massive bloody blob. Um, <laughs> it's, this is really hard to exp explain, but, um, so finally, uh, what we what we find by the end is that um, Mark um, meets up with with Anna and um, they kind of uh, kind of reconcile, but at the same not quite, but kind of. And um, however, the the police now have there's been enough of these murders that the police now have. Um, surrounded the that apartment, and they both uh, run out and try to run upstairs. Um, they're being pursued by the police. They're shooting. Um, the police uh, managed to hit both of them, and um, as uh, it, and then they end up dying. Um, Anna's on top of Mark, and, and he ends up grabbing the gun and shoots it through them them both. And um, also that this creature now seemed to be fully, fully formed. And now it looks exactly like Mark. Um, and he kind of like smiles and, and flees uh, through the rooftop without being, being killed. Um, later on, um, uh, uh, Helen is babysitting. Helen, the school teacher, is babysitting Bob. 
Um, Bob says, don't answer the door, don't answer the door, don't answer the door. Helen ignores, and um, you um, see the silhouette of uh, Mark's, uh, uh, you know, doppelganger um, from the glass door, and you see Helen uh, turn around and stare with her green eyes, and that's the end of the movie. So, uh, I honestly don't know what to even think about the movie. It was very, very strange. Everything was so over the top. I'm not quite sure what was going on with the things that she was apparently birthing slash having sex with at one point. Um, why it turned into Mark. Are we to assume that she had had one in the past that turned into herself that was Bob's school teacher? I, I, I don't know. Um, have either one of you seen this movie? What's the name of it again? Possession from 1981. I have Session? Possession. Yeah, possession. Possession. Yeah. Possession. Yeah. I don't think so. Um, it's so funny because, like I said, it just came up on Shutter. Um, Andrew. Oh yeah. Sh- I we I follow on Twitter. I think you might be Facebook or I mean friends with him too, Mike. Uh, he did that cul-de-sac. Oh, um, Andrew Shaw. Yeah. Yeah. And so he put, posted, he's like, you got to, you know, it's just on shutter. You know, if you get, if you get a chance to, you have to watch it. I'm like, I just, I actually saw it the day before and I don't get it. <laughs> I don't, I didn't like it. I don't understand. I, I said, honestly, maybe I just don't understand it, but it, it didn't do anything for me. When did you see it? Two, uh, a couple nights ago. What time? Friday night. At night, but I was not. I was not tired at all. I was it, as much as I didn't enjoy the movie. It definitely held my interest because I was trying to figure out what the hell was going on. I was wide awake. What did you give it? A six out of ten or a five? Four. Four. Oh wow. Yeah, didn't. That not says you didn't like, like it. I did not like it. Huh. Um, yeah, I've never seen this, but I, um, you know, I've seen it on lots of. Uh, lists and stuff i was uh i'm aware i'm definitely aware I mean, of it but i yeah, never actually you, got around if, to watching it if you go on imdb you'll see a ton of 10 out of 10 and 9 out of 10 um i just didn't get it but i want to go to the next one you could see that one. on the witch too though so well I mean, that's true the, ri- the rich was too. critically acclaimed and i hated that movie and that one it, it, <clears> i i will <throat> say that this about possession it wasn't boring i thought the witch was boring uh, well, the witch, um, the witch was like, it was boring. I agree. It was boring. Yeah, I, dif- I differ with you guys on that one. I, I, I agree with the critics. I like that See? one a lot. Uh, was, and that was one's got boring. a very high mark, too, a 6.9, right around this, the same as Possession. Um, but Possession wasn't maybe boring. Maybe I like just, this one, I didn't too, understand then. it. <laughs> yeah. What did you say? I said maybe I like this one, too. Then. I, 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 really I, don't, I don't agree with Rob on a I, lot I of movies. To watch, to watch it, but I, I do I agree, agree with think. The Witch. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, if either one of you ever have the opportunity to watch this, please watch it because I just would love to talk to some, especially if you end up liking it, because I would love to talk to somebody about it. Um, but I'm going to go to the, the second one because I watched this one last night and on Shudder a while back uh, during Halloween season, they did a hundred scariest moments uh, in horror movies. And, and this one had one, but I couldn't remember what the moment was. Um, thankfully, so it was still a, a surprise for me. Um, I watched Lake Mungo, M-U-N-G-O, Lake Mungo. It's from 2008. 
and it's Australian. Set in Australia, it's um, filmed as if you're watching a documentary, it's like an actual like news documentary that had um, set this, you know, done a whole story about this. And uh, it's a family of four, uh, mom and dad, and um, a teenage, older teenage um, boy and girl. I believe the boy Matthew is slightly older than the sister Alice, and they um, took a vacation getaway, a little, uh, just a day um, getaway to Lake Mungo to do picnicking, and there is a obviously a lake with a dam there, and Matthew and Alice um, did some swimming. Matthew got cold and decided uh, to come back, and that's the last time anyone ever saw Alice. So she had uh, she had disappeared. Um, within a couple weeks of searching, they eventually, with sonar, found her body at the bottom of the lake. She had drowned. The entire story again, in documentary style, interviews the different family members and other people, um, <clears throat> neighbors, friends, so on. Uh, actually, a psychic at one point, too, takes a prominent role of now some strange things uh, that have started to happen in their house. Um, and uh, the father had to go in, in, uh, prior to that and identify his daughter after they, they found her. And, you know, she'd been in the water for a couple of weeks, so she's in pretty bad shape. Um, and they start learning secrets uh, over the course of these strange things happening um, about um, Alice that you know that they didn't necessarily know before. And um, the entire thing is you know like a ghost story. Um, they start hearing things. They start thinking that they they see things um, coming around Alice's room, noises in Alice's room. Um, to the point where um, Matthew actually buys some, becomes interested in film, um, in, in ca camera work, and um, you know buys some cameras and actually puts them up, and and you see some images of of what appears to be Alice and several pictures, um, details that just as a project he was taking the same picture of their backyard every um, few months, uh, same shot just as an experiment and then all of a sudden out of nowhere and one of them you can see Alice and, and it's really done so freaky and I think maybe because it is film documentary style even though you know that this is just a made up story it's just like everything just looks really like you know reality TV and it just freaked like every time they show like one of the pictures where you saw like all of a sudden they, they start focusing in into a, you know, one part of the, of the picture. You're like, Oh crap, there's the, you know, form. And, and I, I get the chills. It was really, really cool. Now, I don't know how much, like, I don't know if you guys are going to like see that, how much you want, want me to give, give away. I'm almost hesitant to give out spoilers. Um, but I don't know. What do you, what, what do you got? Like how many spoilers do you want me to give? Uh, I mean, I don't care personally. I probably want to. I'm not a yeah. big fan of the found footage. It's not found footage. It's all. It's. Or, I mean, document. document. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's but, not yeah, found I don't footage know. I probably. I don't. Yeah. I'm fine. And Mike, what do you? I mean, I, I'm. I'm fine with leaving it 
pretty um, you know uh, general, or I can go into Leave it a little it pretty bit more. General. Yeah, this is good. Um, I'm not even gonna, I, I won't even get into the scariest moment because that would kind of give away um, a, a huge uh, part of it. But um, suffice to say that there's that there that there are revelations throughout this movie as to what exactly is going on, some twists and turns where you're like, okay, well maybe now we're explaining a, but then in the next part, you know, you they mentioned something else that now there's a new mystery and a mystery B now what's going on in this. And, and it goes on and on like that until the very end where you're, at least for me, I was, totally free it freaked me i i kept thinking about you mike at the end and and this morning when i was thinking more about the movie because you've got your little you've got your catchphrase when something really shit you exactly and i kept thinking there was no other way for me to describe it except for it kept over and over again kept freaking my shit (laughs) and and like the end did the 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 kind of reveal thing did the aftermath did where they go back uh, they're again the mom's like talking to a psychic and they're doing consultations where they might kind of put her in in the, uh, hypnosis and and stuff and um that freaked me out the end credits they would um do a couple of credits and then they'd show uh, like one of the pictures that you had seen during the movie those were freaking me out. It was just, I thought, super well done. A great classic type ghost story of just an average family that loses a family member and starts getting unexplained things happening. Yeah. To them. And what exactly that is. You know I, what I, I mean? I, know, I noticed when I uh, pulled it up on IMDb, it said more like this in Hell House, and I, I did like that one quite a bit. Yeah, this so. is a lot more sedated. I'm going to have – I told Stacy, I'm like, we got to watch this. It's not one that like, oh, my God, like you're jumping and you're scared and like it's disgusting or like, you know, like Hell House was a lot more intense. This is not. It's more like no, but I, I think Hell House is shot thing. shot like a documentary. So it was. Oh, absolutely. So, so I right. mean, it's yeah. got that. And and but for this it. is this is a lot more sedated. But I think it's creepier for that. And I told Stacey, I'm like, we gotta watch this together. Yeah. This isn't one that is a, like a, a serial killer type thing or demons or monsters or whatever. It's just a. It's just a ghost story of an average family trying to figure out, try to deal with the loss of their daughter slash sister, yeah. and they start experiencing stuff. And what does that mean? And, you know, going to a psychic and trying to learn, like trying to get through this and what exactly happened. Um, it, it, I thought it was amazing. So I gave this one an 8 out of 10. Um, just really, really enjoyed it. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably check this one out. I saw it's on uh, 2B as well. Yeah, it is. Yep. So that's what I got for today. I'm sorry I kind of um, uh, went off. I just wanted to get both of those in because they were a tale of two different extremes for me. It's uh, back-to-back nights. All right, Chris. Um, yeah, okay. Well, I'll, um, I can do this one kind of quick. Um 
my other one was uh whoops no it was not whoops it was um <laughs> avengers 29 uh um, too bad i love whoops yeah uh, maybe i'll get to it next time okay <laughs> um this this is by stanley and don heck uh frank giacoa um this power unleashed um uh, Picks up from the last issue where um, Hank Pym is back as uh, Goliath. Um, Hank Pym and Janet are back. Um, and in the last issue, he um, before he could shrink uh, all the way down, um, he collapsed and he's 10 foot tall. He's stuck at 10 foot tall. So the other Avengers are um, around him. On, uh, he's laying down in this... Um, like medical examination bed with lots of technology around and stuff um in avengers mansion um and um so um they have a they call a doctor um that cap knows from uh the army medical corps and um he comes and examines him and says that um he's going to recover but the bad news is that he um can't resume his normal size or it'll be too much of a strain on his body and um you know because this is partially caused by all of the size changing that he has done um and so he has to remain 10 feet tall for the rest of his life um so that's actually we, um, a cool plot trip you know I, I like the idea of that yeah it's a good one for that character yeah. to kind of play off of um so somewhere in the quote far east unquote um we have natasha romanoff and she has made some appearances um and uh the past um the marvel universe um at this point she still has her old costume which is uh pale comparison to her future one um looks kind of silly but she um you know, her, her and Hawkeye have encountered each other in the past and have fallen for each other, and um, they've but they've brainwashed her. Um, this doctor, well, she's been brainwashed by someone named Doctor Yen, and uh, they sent her to destroy the to Avengers. Um, so back at Avengers headquarters, um, Goliath has found out uh, about his uh, future as a very tall man and is upset and disappears um and um then um cap gets a notice from shield that uh the black widow has been spotted in the united states or heading to the united states and hawkeye's thrilled um even though cap warns him that if she's headed there that she's probably been brainwashed um, he doesn't care. He just wants to see her. And so he heads off and um, goes to where she, the mansion that used to be her headquarters. And sure enough, she's there. But so is the swordsman and power man. Um, so turns into a battle um, three on one. Um, and uh, Wasp is... Um, 
kind of flying, uh, hiding in in the sky, and and she helps um, Hawkeye out. Um, she uses her wasp sting sting to um, to help him out, and then takes off because um, she's actually came across this on her like while well, she was searching for Goliath. Um, and uh, it's kind of a silly sequence where she, as she's flying, she um, you know she she comes across a sparrow and realizes that it's about to try to eat her, um, you know, because she's insect sized and. She avoids the she avoids this happening, but um, you know, and then she um, lands on a tree branch next to the sparrow and the, changes back to her normal size, not thinking that the branch might not be able to hold her weight, um, and um, she she collapses and gets knocked out. Oh, uh, I didn't realize the, the time. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to jump off, guys. You guys finish up, and I'll uh, listen to it when it's out. Okay, have a good breakfast Thanks. slash lunch. Yeah, ha- <laughs> yeah have a good that, but... good pancakes. Get some pancakes for me. Gonna get a big stack. Yeah. Enjoy. Thanks, Thanks guys. Sorry, after run. Yeah. Okay, no problem. Bye. Take care. Um. <clears throat> so yeah. Um. Um. Swordsman and Power Man. Um. They they attack Avengers headquarters. Come across Captain America. Um, and, and they have an encounter that Cap loses, um, two on one and they imprison him somewhere. Um, but he's got his, um, you know, his contact, uh, sends out a, uh, Avengers assemble and, um, Pietro and Wanda, um, get the signal, um, and head off to try to rescue him. And so when, um, Janet comes back to, uh, the mansion, She's surprised to see that no one is there because um, they would usually at least have someone posted. Um, and so she um, uses some equipment to try to um, that they have to try to that you know the Iron Man left behind that to try to locate him, while Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch go off to try to rescue Captain America. Um, but Quicksilver gets trapped, and um, Scarlet Witch gets knocked out um, by an electroshock blast. So it's not looking good. Um, but um, all of a sudden, Goliath appears um, and um, starts wrecking havoc um, on the three, well, two villains and one brainwashed. Um, X spy um and um with the help of the wasp once she arrives um they free captain america um and uh now that they're uh pretty close to full strength um they're able to uh take care of the the three um they the three of them the three um Antagonists escape. Um, Hawkeye has a chance to shoot a special arrow after them, um, but he just can't do it because Black Widow is one of them. Um, and uh, it kind of ends with like, well, two moments. Um, one is kind of nice. It's there's just been 
almost too much like back and forth between Hawkeye and Captain America. I almost overdo it a little bit, kind of get tired of the bickering between the two of them. Um, and uh, it's, it's a, but it's a nice moment here where, you know, Hawkeye is just like, all right, let me hear it. Cause he knows, you know, he could have taken the shot and Captain America is very sympathetic. Actually. He's like, you know, uh, I'm not going to say anything. And, you know, we're, we're Avengers, but we're also human beings, and you know he he did what he could do. And uh, it's a good Hawkeye's... time too because he the it's a weird situation because at this time the Avengers are starting to look like a bunch of uh, villains or criminals that you know are rehabilitated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's um, and I'm and uh, you know I'm it's nice to have um. Hank and Janet back because um, the team was feeling a little small um, with just four, um, and you know just Cap and the and the ex villains or whatever yeah. you want to say. And it, I do like them bringing uh, a little bit more, uh, a, a little bit of bigger team. But but yeah, it's a nice moment. Hawkeye feels embarrassed and you know uh, seems to regret a little bit how much of a hard time he's been giving Captain America and. Um, and then Goliath, you know, uh, he he's feeling kind of sad about his situation still, and um, <laughs> I think it's supposed to end like it's supposed to end sad, you know, for for Hank Pym and and the whole situation. But <laughs> as I was reading the dialogue, it just it it struck me as funny because he says, "I'll be all right. You go ahead. Dot dot dot. I'll catch up later. I wouldn't uh-huh. fit." dot 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 in the car dot 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 anyway <laughs> it's just like woe is me so, some nice pauses for dramatic moment <laughs> yeah i wouldn't fit in the car anyway so uh yeah it was kind of funny um how it came off but overall you know it was, i, I like the issue i like don hexart a lot yeah i was just listening to a Rob observations where he was quoting something from the comics journal from Barry Windsor Smith that was saying that Don Heck was a hack. I'm like, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like sometimes it's not good to, to learn who your favorite artists are. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> just enjoy their art and not know like what they said, but it, it, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, Don Heck was 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 pretty good. I I know him mostly from the Iron Man stuff, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. I just like that, you know, just solid. Uh, you know, not like super stylized. Yeah. Uh, comic book art. I don't know. Well, uh, I was hoping to cover mine while Rob was here because he had read a Fem Force and I read something similar, but. <clears throat> I uh, read Femme Fantastique, which was a one-issue. Uh, mm. It looked like it was going to be a, a one-issue. I mean, it looked like it was going to be an ongoing to supplement like short stories of the Femme Force, but it just turned out to be one issue, which which is interesting. But uh, is it has on the cover Rad and Dragonfly, and... Uh, says uh, there's a Betty Page pinup 
in the center. It actually has Betty Page on the back cover and Betty Page on the front cover and then a pinup in the inside cover. And then in the center, there's a thing called Pretty Larceny that has like uh, Betty Page in jail with another female cop doing some pinups. <clears throat> and uh, I, I guess the I never really like I'm always posting stuff about Betty Page. I think she's absolutely beautiful and I, I love her as a model and uh i i decide there was a, a weird sentence in here because i'm also a fan of bunny yeager um bunny yeager was also a model that posed in front of the camera but she actually became a photographer that shot pictures of betty page and she posted in here, this was 1965, um, something that was interesting. She said, unfortunately, she has given up modeling and nobody knows where she is today. So in 1965, she posted that. <clears throat> Made me really interested <laughs> in what happened to Betty Page. <clears throat> so I, I did some digging and, and I found out at, at a certain point, I guess... Betty Page was doing that bondage stuff. Um, although she wasn't linked to the death of somebody, I guess it led to the death of somebody dying in a bondage situation, maybe losing their breath and, and dying. And I, it says since that moment, she sort of decided to get out of modeling. <clears throat> and then she became like an evangelical um she was actually working for I think it was Billy Graham and she was going to become you know like traveling uh, missionary but because <clears throat> she had been divorced she couldn't become a missionary I guess that was frowned upon to have entered wedlock and then left wedlock and Betty Page had uh, several marriages um, later on in life that some of them were annulled and some of them just didn't last but she uh, had a nervous breakdown at some point uh, after after that, um, and led her to uh, she was uh, hospitalized in a mental institution for schizophrenia, you know, multiple personality disorder, and then uh, eventually came out of that, and then you know started to go back into getting the rights to her material, which she was you know made a lot of money uh, across the industry but uh, she ended up I think she ended up dying of uh, a heart attack uh, uh, later on in life but it seems like she left the industry for a while uh, went to a mental institution and then came back to you know what she was doing uh, as a manager but not filming herself anymore or taking pictures of herself but anyway that that led me down a rabbit hole, but uh, this this actually fit, uh, had a, a story about Rad, who I knew nothing about, but I did know Miss Victory. It seems like Rad is related to Miss Victory, and I don't I, I didn't do the research to find out how, but Miss Victory used to take like these tablets, like it, it almost sounds like the Morocco mur drug that our man used to take. Well, Miss Victory was like a super soldier, and somehow um, this character, Joan Wayne, 
that that's kind of interesting you know like a playoff of john wayne but joan wayne b- became rad but she was also miss victory so uh she's driving to go uh golfing with uh one of her friends like on a date um and an alien spacecraft <laughs> takes her out of her convertible and beams her up and uh it, it, the alien is like two feet tall maybe one foot uh and he's got like a weird pompadour <laughs> he looks crazy but uh <clears throat> he he's basically saying we want to take uh samples from your body and she says well that's like raping me and why they want to clone her because they're battling a uh, female alien race and they're getting their butts kicked and if they clone miss victory they might be able to fight these female amazons off but uh she says heck no you're not taking my dna well they they sort of knock her out and take her dna anyway and she considers that sort of like a rape So she eventually finds her friend uh, who, who has a spaceship, goes back into space. Um, her name is Stardust. <clears throat> and Stardust is an alien. It turns out the aliens that these aliens are fighting with are the race that Stardust came from. So she has motivation to go back into space. And uh, they they do go back into space together and defeat because they had made clones of her, so that they had a whole ship of Miss Victories that were fighting off the race, but they managed to blow up the ship, and they knew the weakness. She has to take this drug, like like Our Man, every day, or she starts to age. So they said the easy way to defeat them, which they don't know, uh, the aliens didn't know, is just to let them go 24 hours and let them sort of age gradually and get weaker and weaker with time. Well, that's how they defeated them. So that that was kind of cool how they did that. But it was a really interesting story and makes me really curious to to read more Fem Force in terms of Miss Victory and Rad and figure out she's not the original miss victory so i i don't know where she came from but the story was written by bill black who was the ac founder and art by victor bridges the art was really nice um and the uh story i always like bill black telling a, a good story the thing i like about the fem forces that i would tell rob is no matter what issue you pick up you feel like you get a story and you feel like you want to read more. So that's that's a good thing about comics. And uh, the second story was Dragonfly. And she's on like in a multi-Earth scenario. Where she ends up <clears throat> on trial in front of this king. And ends up in a gladiator pit. And uh, <clears throat> she can't even lift the sword that she's given to fight. But hers is like like a fencing sword. They eventually give her a fencing sword and she kicks ass, kicks kicks everybody's ass with that fencing sword because she's proficient at it. But uh, they eventually poured her back to Earth. I, I don't understand how she left our Earth in the first place and ended up on this, this planet in the multiverse. But it sort of tries to explain that. But I, I think another issue of Femforce 
might have talked to that, and this is sort of resolving that. But um, let's see who the creative team on this. But again, it was a really compelling story. Story and art by Rick Levins with inks by John Dell. So yeah, it was really cool. I, I've everything that I've ever read of FemForce, and I, I currently do buy. Uh, every month, AC Comics publishes a book, whether it's Super Babes or FemForce or some horror classic reprint. I, I do end up buying them and enjoying them. So like I. I really like this company. I don't know how they exist, like, because I don't know anybody else that reads it, and on <laughs> on the planet beside. Rob just picked up an issue, like he I don't, he doesn't currently buy it, but uh, yeah, I don't know how they financially exist, but I find it fascinating. Cool. Yeah. They're fun. They're fun comics, and they're well told because you always feel like you get a complete story when you read one, which is good. And it makes you want to do research on other characters and go off on tangents. This one made me want to go read more FemForce and figure out more about Betty Page. Yeah, I I remembered that Betty Page's later life was kind of sad i didn't remember the details though yeah i i I don't i didn't research it like dramatically i just scanned it and um, uh so what i told you are just like highlights but i i would like to uh uh, go investigate it more or maybe see a documentary if there's one that exists um because i i find her and betty yeager fascinating like and absolutely beautiful um yeah, I I uh I don't know how she let she went into like complete opposite of what her industry was in and then ended up back in it. But the, that whole idea is is interesting. Yeah. It's very strange she died of a heart attack too. But I don't usually see too many women dying of a heart attack, but it, I guess it's I guess it happens a lot and uh Maybe they'll call it something else, but it really is a heart attack. That's what Hamlin had on the field. He had a heart attack. That whole thing is interesting, Mm -hmm. too. I never realized that your heart beats at a certain rhythm. And in sports, if you get hit in the chest on a certain cycle, it can cause cardiac arrest. Like uh, that... I didn't realize that little leaguers, it, it happens when they get hit in the chest. If not for some of them, with a baseball or you know, mm-hmm. a hockey player getting hit with a stick at just the right time. I, I never knew that until this this incident happened, and I did a little research on it. But it's crazy. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it either. Um, you it, know, I, I know there's that like electrical aspect to the to Cirque to the Heart because, yeah. of, you know, that's how they use defibrillators and EKGs and stuff like that. And But I hadn't thought about uh, the risk and um, getting hit in the chest. It actually got me to thinking about, like, superheroes, too, um, indirectly, because 
somebody like Daredevil who can t- tell you the rhythmic beat of your heart could put mm-hmm. like if he was a bad guy he could kill you if he knew where to hit you in the chest and what cycle to hit you on you know what i mean mm. it's it's pretty crazy when you think about it but um yeah that's that's all i had i i was i i read two really good comics that uh i really enjoyed and it sounds like you read some that were pretty good and rob seemed yeah. to be like a little he liked them but he he, he uh, didn't like him too. <laughs> he he <laughs> made a film he didn't that that he didn't like that everybody else liked. But now it might lead you to go watch it. <laughs> yeah, maybe at some point, just yeah, out of curiosity to see if I have a different experience than him. Yeah, I always uh, uh, watch stuff and and for myself because I just don't know. Like I I, I don't know what will trigger me liking something versus somebody because even in horror movies me and rob are like all over the place and um yeah anything he mentions i i would watch because i not because he recommends it but because it might interest me mm-hmm. yeah i have such wide tastes i i am very lenient too so if I don't like something like The Witch, it's very rare. Yeah. It's very, very rare. Yeah. But I felt the same um, way. Rob said he was bored. I, we, we saw that at the theater. And yeah, Bar- I Bar- Barb and I walked out. I mean, we saw the whole film, but we felt the same way. Like the pacing and stuff. It was kind of like when uh, Bill recommended Antichrist to me. I, I watched the whole thing yeah, with the exception that Antichrist, like it was the pacing of which, which I absolutely hated. Uh, it was like watching the grass grow. And, but the last five minutes of the Antichrist made it sort of worthwhile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's weird how some things uh, trigger with different people, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, we watched, um, the lighthouse, that director's next film too. And I like that as well. But it, again, it was pretty, pretty different. We haven't seen his, um, latest one yet, but I would like to, um, never saw antichrist though. Wasn't that, was that more than one part or was it just super long? It was just super long. It, okay, it, yeah, I'm thinking the, of something well, the, else. I think. I think this one was critically acclaimed too. Um, like Bill's, like you're gonna like this, watch this, and it felt like I was watching the paint dry. Like it was, oof, <laughs> it was, it, it was awful. Like I, it was almost one that I did, I, I st- just said to hell with it. You know, like I'm not gonna watch it, the rest mm-hmm. of it. But I'm kind of glad I did because I, I think everything that the movie was was a build up to this five minutes you know like <laughs> that that pay, paid off oh yeah i'm thinking but, of um that same director did uh nymphomaniac which yeah. that's that's two parts but, I, I, no, have... I haven't seen either of those i saw 
he like his first movie was Dancer in the Dark with Bjork. I I saw that back then, which that was all right. And um, I think I saw Melancholia. I with with um, uh, Kirsten Dunst. I don't think I cared for that one as much. But yeah, he's a very like avant-garde, you know, kind of unique director. Yeah. Lars von Trier. He's pretty different. There's some art artsy pretentious. Well, I use the word pretentious, which is probably not good, but <laughs> there there are some <laughs> directors that are like that that I like. And mm-hmm. I I don't know if it just clicks with me, but uh, yeah, I, I I'm not sure I would watch The Lighthouse, but I would be curious to watch it just to see how I felt, you know. Yeah, it's definitely a lot. Um, I mean, it's a different um setting and subject matter than The Witch, but stylistically, it it probably has some stuff in common. It's yeah, but so I don't know. Um, we watched the menu last night, which just oh, came God, to I HBO. Oh li- God, I I like that movie a lot. Did you see it in the theater? Yeah, or... we saw it at the theater. Yeah, that was really cool. I I didn't know, you know, we had heard like don't don't you know avoid spoilers, like go into it not knowing what's anything. So yeah, you can't really go into that movie. I I, I think you just don't want to tell anybody. Like it, right, yeah, you just because I, I think yeah. the mat it, it's so different that you can't really talk about it. I mean, right. all, all I could say is it involves cooking, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah, yeah but I, it was good, I, I, yeah. I really liked it. Cool. Like I liked the acting in it. Like I thought it was really, and I love Anna Taylor Joy. Like I just God, I I'm mesmerized every time she's on the film, but I'm just a fan of hers. Yeah, she's um, really good in it. Ralph Ralph Fiennes is really good in it too. But even the guy that took her to the the island, who's the yeah. the beast in the X Men, I I thought he yeah. was interesting too. Like I found all the characters yeah. interesting. Like it's a bunch Nicholas of interesting Holt, characters put into a scenario. Even John Legazamo or whatever his name is. Yeah. Um. The, yeah. I like that my uh, who's who's the boss lady was in there too. Uh, yeah, Judith Light. Yeah, I, um, I I was mesmerized by all the characters and and why they're there and what was driving them and what led them to this and like I mm-hmm. I I just thought it was this this has been a really really good like year for horror movies and this one is more like horror suspense but it still i think falls in to the horror genre and And uh, comedy too yeah comedy black comedy yes black comedy yeah yeah i uh i thought this year with like barbarian and all like nope and like it's just been a real innovative year for horror um Mm. The only one that I really want dying to see, but I haven't run into a good streaming opportunity is uh, X and Pearl, which Rob spoke highly of. But mm. I've seen all of like the the big ones, except Violent Night. I I hear is really 
really good too and it's at the theaters right now i haven't seen that one yet mm. yeah we we don't really go to the theater much so i usually i think i i looked yesterday i saw last year i saw four 2022 films um but a lot of times i but i saw a bunch of 2021 films because we tend to see them the year year after yeah but like as the year goes on i see less because you know like ones that come out early in the year end up maybe seeing um you know uh later um because they come out to video or or on streaming uh, within the same year but yeah well they're the the menu's still at the theater which is interesting yeah i thought i noticed that that was kind of interesting that it came out on hbo already but but it tells you that they have like these horror movies the one thing i that fascinates me about the these movies is they're sort of they're not big budget and Mm -hmm. they make a lot of money (laughs) for 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 what they pay for them so yeah 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 i like that they can find a niche and it's not like avatar that costs two billion and they need to make two billion to to be a good movie but yeah it's (laughs) I, i like i like these small budget lower tier movies that are innovative for sure i'm glad you liked it i I thought it was pretty cool yeah yeah we both liked it yeah i even liked the way it ended with the simplicity of it like Mm -hmm. her eating (laughs) like i just (laughs) yeah it was suitable it it was suitable because of the the (sighs) that's what he wanted to make like I, I i just it was god it was weird but I, I i like it like i i don't totally get like the motive of of how he how people followed him like i mm-hmm. to they followed him to the point of extreme like a cult which was, yeah which i didn't get i i understood his motivation <clears throat> but mm-hmm. there was a lot of people that were cooking for him that followed him and I, that yeah. that's the part that's the part that it was kind of it kind of lost me like i i didn't understand how they could become with his obsession like just follow him blindly <clears throat> well they gave they gave you kind of a look into two of them um yeah. I guess that was to serve kind of as there was like, one male and one female, right? Like yeah, and yeah. It was kind of to give you just you know because there's only so much time you know to just kind of give you like two two examples and then you kind of I guess just have to like assume that everyone else has a reason, but I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. All, All right, right, cool. Well, I think we can wrap this one up. Yeah, and, good talking to you finally. It's been a few months. Yeah, it's been a few months, and happy 2023. Um, you can reach Chris at MythMakingETC if he's ever on there, but uh, that's yeah, probably the best place really. to, re- <laughs> to reach him. <laughs> you can reach me at Mike Myers Brunch. I am on there daily. And Rob Krieger at Rob Krieger. And uh, you can find this at Geek Brunch 
uh, podcast.com and also on Facebook. At least I check it at Geek Brunch Podcast. And you can leave feedback there if there are if there is anything. And uh, we'll see you hopefully in two weeks as I've kind of created a, a little uh, army of people that can possibly record this, <laughs> which hopefully will keep the show on, you know, like a regular basis. But uh, yeah, I was glad to uh, get three of us together. The and hopefully next next time we'll have another two or three. So uh, we'll see you and have a good one, Chris. All right, sounds good. Take you care. Too. Bye. Okay. Bye.